You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Hi, everybody. I am joined in studio today, and by in studio, I mean via Skype with an amazing premium listener, Dorothy. So as you guys know, I've just announced that one of the big premium perks here on Big Design Small Budget is that you can write in with a lot of questions for me and get your very own premium moment asking me questions, getting my design brains on one room in your space, 20 minutes to just sack it to me. So Dorothy took advantage of this amazing offer and she has written me with all sorts of questions about her bedroom. And I can't wait to dive in to both these pictures, these questions, and of course, to Dorothy's life, because this is also a great chance for me to get to learn about my listeners. Where do you come from? Who are you? Why do you love the show? So without further ado, let's welcome premium member Dorothy. Hi, Betsy. Hi, thank you for joining me. Where are you Skyping in from? Um, I live near Annapolis, Maryland. Nice, nice. Outside of um, 20 miles south south of Baltimore and the home of the United States Naval Academy. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, before we dive in and invade your bedroom, which sounds, you know, a little personal, let's get to know you personally. Tell us more about who you are, how you found us, that kind of thing. Um, I can't remember how I found you through another podcast that recommended you. And I love podcasts and I just love the conversational style of your voice. And I think you have great guests and I love um, interior design and making my home, you know, a a haven. Cool. And so speaking of your home, who lives there with you? Tell us more. Currently, I'm married to my husband for about 28 years, and we have a 23-year-old new college grad who moved back home and a college student off at college. So we have two um, young adult women living in the house and a little dog. Okay, cool. Yeah. And is there anything else you want us to know about you before we dive in? Um, well, we've lived in this house about 17 years. Okay. He probably will live here another five years. And I, I really do. I am a homemaker. I like to um, sew. I like to move stuff around. I'm, I'm, I'm home a lot. So it's important to me to have a, a pleasant place to come home to. And you sound a little crafty, right? You said you sew. Oh, yeah. So you're open to making some things, doing some things. Definitely. Diving in. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. Cool. And just before we got started, you are such a listener that you knew that I love real crime podcasts. Yes. So I love that we were comparing notes. We're both obsessed with the keepers and yes. with real crime profile. Uh, I have a podcast voice crush on Jim Clemente. Um, I that. Yes. Just a vocal crush. I've never even met him or seen a picture of him, but I have a vocal crush. Mm-hmm. He has a great voice, and I actually listen to a lot of true crime podcasting when I can't fall asleep at night. It sounds weird, but it's um, – I like it. I think I like justice served, so I definitely I, – I find – I don't find it weird at all. I could fall asleep to Law & Order or a good voice, so – yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. as long as you're not sleeping through my podcasts, no, Dorothy. No, 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 no. In fact, your podcast is so in- interesting. I I take a lot of notes because you give out so many good tips, and I'm just like, oh, I have to write that down. And 
you know, I should look that up. And then I just love to learn. So I, I find it, and I like your voice too. I like your, I think you're from Minnesota. I like your um, lilt in your voice. Oh, thanks. I think it's uh, terrific. And I appreciate all the information that you share. Of course, of course. Well, I try and be very transparent with the entire design process because, you know, I love getting value from podcasts. I love podcasts that just put it out there and keep it real and share with me everything I want to know. So I try and do the same. That way people get real takeaways. But before we launch in, I just have a question for you. Give me a few of your favorite podcasts because it seems like we have similar tastes. And I eat podcasts like potato chips. I just pop them and can't stop. So I'm, okay. I've am i exhausted my podcasts. Like some of these crimes have already been freaking solved. I need I need um, some new well, ones. Okay, let me think. I, I am a huge Housewives fan, which I know is kind of cheesy, but I listen to a Housewives recap podcast. That's silly. Um, I listen to... Um, how to decorate by the gals from Ballard Designs. Oh, how is that? It's really good. Over the summer, it was more frequent. Now it's only every two weeks. Um, I like the one called Ask a Clean Person. It used to be a gal and a guy, and now it's it's all random cleaning subjects. Oh, that um, sounds really interesting. It, yeah, there, there's always. Good but I tips. hate to clean. Is that for me? I don't know. Because you're, you know, things get dirty. You might want to need to. You might want to know how to do something. I like yeah. these are their stories. Um, the Law and mm. Order recaps. Oh, that one. You know, I only like true crime. I don't like Law and Order because it's not real. But I mean, my listeners will love to hear these different podcast recommendations. Um, I've probably gone through all the true crime ones that you have. Did you? Do you like the Struggle Bus? Because I started listening. Oh to my that. gosh! Do I like the Struggle Bus? Do I? The Struggle Bus is actually my producer is one of the hosts, Catherine yeah. Heller. She produces all my podcasts, and I'm an addict, yes. um, and a bonus member, and the whole thing. Okay. I go to their live events. Okay, wow. guys. So Dorothy has uh, found out that I have a real problem with podcasts. I listen to so many. My husband actually thinks I might have an addiction. Um, and I don't think he's wrong. <laughs> There's lots of things to argue with my husband about. Being a podcast addict is not one of them, you know. I most people don't even my friends don't even know what a podcast is. So I just listen. I'll always try something new. And I I heard about the struggle bus from you. I do like that one. Love, love. Yes. You have answered my podcast questions. Now I'm ready to answer your questions. So tell me, Dorothy. I am looking at pictures of your bedroom right now. Let's get into it. What's going on? Okay, so we've had um, this. I really, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of furniture. The color is, it's a very dark room facing east. And there's just two windows. And it's, I've tried to... um, paint it a lighter color so that it could be brighter, but it just isn't working. And the headboard, the lamps, um, are, I've had them since we first got married. So maybe I need new furniture. I'm not even sure what I need, but I just know that, um, I'm open. I'm open to suggestions. Got it. So I have a new pattern that I've noticed. I usually start these calls with a Betsy Smackdown. Okay. So are you ready for your Betsy Smackdown? 
handle it. Okay, good, good. So you claim to be a fan, Dorothy. You claim to know a lot about our podcast. You claim to have binge listened. But then you would know that I do not like the V word. And the V word is part of what's keeping you down. Do you know what word I'm referring to? Um, no. The valance. So you have a big, chunky valance on the top of your window that actually looks really nice. It, you know, is fairly minimal. Um, But I don't like those window toppers. Not only do they block a lot of the natural light that this room would get, but also it's chunky and bulky. Mm -hmm. And let's just keep it really real. It's dated, right? People aren't really doing the valance these days. Now, the ladies at the Ballard Design Podcast may say something different, but here at Affordable Interior Design and on this podcast, Big Design, Small Budget, we don't do valances. You just got smacked down. That's okay. I can, I can live with that. Well, I think by removing this valance, you're going to get a lot more natural light. You're basically going to get eight inches more natural light back in your room. Yeah. And I think that's already a great start mm-hmm. because I actually like your wall color. Okay. Um. I like it's kind of this butter yellow, I would say. Okay. And I like that it keeps it light and bright. Certainly, you could have done a true color or just a neutral that doesn't have any hints of yellow, but this one certainly doesn't bother me. And I think it works well with your more traditional transitional style. Okay. You know, a lot of your furniture looks like it harkens back to another era, like this secretary hutch that you're using as a vanity. Mm-hmm. You know, that looks sort of like an antique piece or an older piece. Mm-hmm. The headboard is a camelback, which means it has a hump at the top. The lamps are rather traditional. And so I think that the color, that warmth really goes with your style. Okay. So I'm not thinking that the paint color is a problem. The window treatment is. Okay. And I also think something else that you mentioned is, is that the color palette's a little bit all over the place. Yes. And it lacks some sophistication. And I think it's maybe, is it because I've done it over time? Like the original, there's an upholstered headboard underneath that um, slip cover over the headboard. Yeah. And then I kind of got tired of that. So I had the slip cover made and then I sort of been doing piecemeal. And I, maybe that's the problem. Well, I feel like the real offender is the bedspread, which is something that's easily changeable. You know, I'm always looking for that inspiration piece, that one piece in the room from which we'll derive all the colors to create that palette. And in your case, the first piece that I see, the most prominent piece, is the art above the camelback headboard. Okay. And so I would... Think about starting your color palette there and really working with those greens. It's a landscape painting. So from what I can see in these pictures, it's greens, it's blues, it's hints of that yellow. I think that that is a really great place to start. Okay. And using that as your inspiration palette, staying more literal to that in terms of not using these pinks and oranges that are found in this patchwork quilt. Yeah, Yeah, who made that quilt for you? It is not, I bought it from, um, oh, that's the one up in, um, it's a catalog. Uh, I'm thinking of it. I'll get to it in a second. Okay. Well. Near New Hampshire. It's, they sell beautiful cashmere sweaters. Cut, um, not cuddled down of Maine. It's a mainstream catalog. I'm so gotcha. sorry. I'm not 
I'm drawing a blank. No worries. No worries because I'm not going to be shopping there anytime soon. <laughs> I think this would look great in like a country cabin or something, but it looks too lively. I mean, I don't even think your younger younger daughters would want it. You know, it looks... They do. They don't. Right. Especially due to the geometrics, it could look a little bit juvenile, right? There are all these patchwork circles in right. all the colors of the rainbow. So while I think, you know, a seven-year-old girl would really respond to this, I feel like it lacks that sophistication that your headboard, these antique pieces, this butter yellow wall really already has. So I think it's just the wrong tone. And, you know, people think about bedding as something that's somewhat disposable, like I'll use this one season, I'll change it out, or while it's in the laundry, I'll use a different one. But also keep in mind that it's the biggest visual element in the room. So all of the ones that you use really need to be cohesive with what's going on, or it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Right. It's from Garnet Hill. Oh, yeah. I like that place. Yeah. 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 And I'm not saying, you know what, what I found is a designer because I really adapt what I select to my client's style. So I ask them to send me inspiration photos. I ask them to let me know exactly what style they like. And I tailor my choices to their specifications. So I find that I like or can like almost everything. Okay. And I can see a place for this quilt. Nowhere okay. near your master, but I can see a place for it in your cabin by the lake. Uh-huh. Are there lakes in Maryland? I don't even no, know. Western Maryland. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. So this is your Chesapeake Bay home quilt, okay. right? Or this is your, in 10 years, granddaughter's quilt. Right. And it's not not yours. Okay. Yeah. Did you, did you see the photograph of the Charlie Paisley from Pottery Barn? Yes. That Can so, that go back in there? I think, well, let's ask you, can that go back in there? So, Dorothy, keeping in mind our inspiration palette of this lovely landscape, which of course features those greens and blues, do you think that the Charlie Paisley duvet from Pottery Barn, which features greens and blues, would work nicely? I think it, I think it will. Ding, 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 right answer. <laughs> so I think it would be beautiful. I think it's a lovely direction. And again, these are questions you can ask yourself. So when you're thinking about what's my color palette for this room, just making sure that everything that you select stays within that palette. Okay. And that you don't introduce these hot pinks or these oranges that I'm currently seeing in the bedding. What do you think about those big square Euro pillows that are like a dark a darker green, um, a deeper green, and then I have a, a bed skirt that is the same fabric. Should I lose those and maybe get something fresher and a white or a cream or? They're not bothering me. I mean, the, the bed skirt's not bothering me. I have a thing about pillows. Okay. Now, I am more of a practical designer than always an aesthetic designer. Personally, I can't have any decorative pillows on my bed because they wind up on the floor each and every night, right? I sleep with one pillow under my head, as does my husband, and anything extraneous is on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I learned long ago, even though as a designer, I felt an obligation to have four pillows, two that match the sheet set, two that match the duvet, and then my designers who work for me go crazy and add accent pillows and bolsters. And a lot of our clients really respond to that. And a lot of our clients want that. Okay. I personally put it on the floor. So if these Euro shams are winding up on the floor, I would kiss them goodbye. I'd use them on your couch instead. 
because 20 by 20 Euro sham is the exact size you'd want on your couch. Okay. The other thing I don't love about these Euro shams is that your camelback is somewhat low. It's not a super high headboard. I would say it's probably five feet versus six or seven feet. So these Euro shams would cover a big part of that headboard. And I think that that looks weird. So I think that all the decorative pillows and shams should be lower than the headboard. And in this case, if they were propped up, they would be higher mm-hmm. than the lower curve. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. So I think just go with the functional pillows that you're using day to day, be it two or four. Right. Um, do you think that the lamps that are on either side of the bed, I've had them a long time. You know, they went with my original. I tried to make them work with you know, the newer evolution of what's going on in that bedroom, but they have these green silk shade with gold silk on the inside. And I think they're just kind of maybe time for them to go away or could I resurrect them with a new shade? So part of the reason that it might be dark in here is whenever you have a shade that's not white or cream, it's going to diffuse some of that light. That light isn't going to come through in a bright way. Uh-huh. It's shading the light that you receive. And that's a problem that you're telling me you have is that it feels dark in here. Yes. Now, I wanted to talk about something else that will relate back to this. You have two lamps flanking each side of the TV that's opposite the bed. Yes. Now, I don't typically do lights flanking a TV because you're not supposed to be looking at a light source when you're looking at the TV. It's kind of like staring into the sun, right? It's just bad for your eyes. It's fatiguing. So typically, you don't put a light source anywhere near a TV. Okay. Just like you wouldn't put a light source right next to your computer screen. Maybe you'd put it off to the side, but when you're watching your computer or looking at your computer, having a bulb glaring at you is really bad for your eyes. Now you have two lamps. They look the same and they don't look very good on your dresser because your dresser is white and the lamps are white. And the key to a high-end look or just interior design in general is contrast, layering different textures, materials. So I would never put white lamps on a white dresser, but your nightstands are wood. Yes. So putting those white lamps on top of these nightstands, I think would look really nice. And they have white shades, so that would solve that dark problem. How do you feel about transferring those? I could easily do that. Yeah. So that would be my recommendation. And do you know that magic equation to determine if they're the right size? I actually do know that. Let's hear it, Dot. I think the height of the nightstand should be the same height as the lamp. Is that right? Give or take two inches. Another win for Dorothy. But I think my nightstands are not falling into the equation where it's equal with the um, level surface of the mattress. I think they're a little tall. Give or take two inches. I don't. I can't remember. I think they're a little bit taller, but it doesn't really bother me that much. Well, I have a solution for you, and we will tackle it right after this commercial break. Do you wish you had all my top interior design advice at your fingertips? Well, you can. I have a hardcover interior design book called Big Design, Small Budget by yours truly, Betsy Helmuth. You can get your copy at affordableinteriordesign.com. Just click on the media tab and then head over to our book. There you will find it for $19.95. That's $5 off the retail price at any bookstore near you. 
Additionally, if you use promo code podcast, you'll get 15% off your entire order. Let me know when you place your order. I'd be happy to sign it for you. So once again, head over to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on the media tab, look for our book, and buy it at the low, low sale price of $19.95, plus of course, 15% off using promo code podcast. Happy reading. We are back with Dorothy here solving her design crimes. Dorothy and I both like real crime podcasts, so I had to go there. I had to do it, guys. And if you are a true crime lover, let me just segue. You have got to get your booties to CrimeCon. It's coming up, I think, this April in Tennessee, Nashville to be exact. And it has all the big podcast hosts from all the true crime podcasts. It has Nancy Grace. I don't know if that's a draw for you, but I like the Dateline hosts. So it has the date. I'm not a huge Nancy Grace fan, but I mean, I'm not. I love me some Dateline. So all those people are there. They have panels. They have breakout sessions. You know. Yeah. Does Keith Morrison show up? I can't remember if he was at the last one. His voice creeps me out. That's not one I need to see. <laughs> but um, but you know who I wanted to see? I wanted to meet Payne Lindsay from Up and Vanish. You don't know Up and Vanished? I, I've heard of that podcast. I don't know her name or his name. Oh, my gosh. Well, get on it. I have your new binge because – should I do a spoiler alert? Sure. I won't remember anyway. It doesn't matter. Well, so he does a podcast where he tries to get to the bottom of a real crime that happened 15 years ago. And during the course of his podcast, which I think actually broadcast for a year, but maybe he was working on it for two years, the crime gets solved. And that so rarely happens because I listen to podcasts for like years and the crime is never solved. And it's still satisfying, but to watch this crime and its resolution unfold as he's podcasting. It was like this energy that just swept me up. And anyway, there we go, guys. <laughs> the next 40 hours of your life, Dorothy, have just been um, predetermined. Okay. Yeah. You're... I have some driving trips to take on, so it's okay. Okay, good. Well, enjoy. You're welcome. I wish I could go back. There's like a few things I wish I could go back and re-experience. Game of Thrones, Breaking uh-huh. Bad. Up and vanished, serial, you know. Mm, There you go. So, so yeah, there we go. But it's a real, you know why I like True Crime Podcasts? Did you hear my theories? Uh, I can't remember. Okay, well, there's two theories, and then we'll get back to design, guys. I know, I know this is a design podcast, but um, there's two theories. I heard one theory from Jim Clemente, which is so smart. I was never into true crime until I had kids. Like never. And all of a sudden I like have this newborn baby and I'm watching these murder shows and my husband thinks I'm off my rocker. And I agree. I'm like, I don't know. I always thought they were so morbid before. And now I'm just enthralled. And Jim Clemente has this theory that true crime is most appealing to women, women who are mothers, because their primal nature is to protect their family and they're learning what not to do. So they're kind of learning from watching these things and like, oh, well, I would never do that. Oh, I'm going to tell my daughter never to do that. Oh, I'm going to watch out for my husband if he looks at me like this. Right. You know, so they're learning to protect their unit. Okay. I hear what you're saying. And, you know, my, sometimes I think about that. My huh? daughter gave me a similar argument when she used to like to watch the Jersey Shore. And I was like, please turn that off. And she goes, mom, I'm just learning how not to behave. And I was just like, oh, no. So. But at the same time, she made a good point. She did make a good point, arguably, yes. 
And then the other thing is, oh, I forgot what the other thing was. Oh, well, who cares? This is a design podcast. People are not here to hear me expound upon real crime. Let's get back into solve. Oh, I remember just as I was, I'm going to solve your design dilemmas, right? But also I think of true crime as like design. Basically, you're fitting this puzzle together. Where do we start? How do we unravel it? How do we get this beautiful, complete resolution, even though of course the resolution types are very different. But I think of my job as a true puzzle. Like what pillows will go with that if we did this, like a trail of sort of design. And so when I'm designing, I love watching Dateline because we're kind of solving very different puzzles at very different stake levels, but we're solving these puzzles together. Mm-hmm. There it we go. Works. It doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And then sometimes you follow the wrong path. Sometimes I pick the wrong inspiration piece and I go down that path for like two hours and then I'm like, oh, shoot, I can't find anything to go with that. That just doesn't make sense. And I have to go all the way back to my mm-hmm. original theory and take a new path. So it just reminds me a lot of that, even though that might be more contrived. Okay. Yeah. I'm a design detective. (laughs) Okay. But let's get back to this uh, bed situation because you were worried that the bed is too low and it is a little bit too low for those nightstands. They appear to be about four inches higher than the mattress. And of course we want our nightstands to be the same height as the top of the mattress, give or take two inches. So you could go to Bed Bath & Beyond and buy some bed risers. Okay. So it's called a bed riser, and they have them in different heights, two, four, six, eight inches, and you could raise your bed. Also, it looks like this headboard is attached to a metal bed frame. Is that right? Yes. You have a skirt, so I can't tell for sure, but that's how it usually goes. Right. Typically, headboards have two settings. They have a lower setting or a higher setting. So two sets of holes. That's most headboards that you'd buy on Wayfair, Overstock, things like that, even Pottery Barn or West Elm. So you could put this headboard on a higher setting. And while that wouldn't adjust the mattress, it would look a little bit more large and in charge next to these chunky nightstands. Yeah, it'll kind of raise the eye and make the bed feel not so low next to these higher nightstands. All right. I like that idea. That's easy. There we go. So I think we have time for one more question, Dorothy. Okay. If I wanted to put, you know, the floor is wood kind of orange-ish looking in the photographs, even though it's just a regular old 1970s oak wood floor. And I want to put a rug under the bed. I don't even know what size rug. The, the area, except for that little walkway, it's pretty much a square room and the bed is a king size. So how, what type, like, how does the rug, how do you lay a rug underneath a bed? What size do you get? Yes. So under a king size bed, I typically do 8 by 10 or 8 by 11. 8 by 10 is the most common size, but I prefer the look of 8 by 11. However, it's harder to find selection. You'll be finding those style rugs at Rugs USA, Rugs Direct, Overstock, Wayfair, those big warehouses that have tons of options, unlike Pottery Barn, West Elm, Crate and Barrel, which just are not going to have 8 by 11 ever. So 8 by 10 or 8 by 11, and then you put it perpendicular to the bed. So the the thought is you put the rug at the foot of the bed, okay. meaning that when your feet hit the floor, pity pat, pity pat all around the bed, you have plush upholstered softness. That means that the rug makes a T-shape with the bed. It's perpendicular to the bed. So the 11 feet is perpendicular. The 8 feet is parallel to the bed. Typically, I start the rug 6 to 12 inches in front of the nightstand. 
I do not like the rug under the nightstand because it doesn't give you any plushness at the end of the bed, but also it's hard to clean under there. Right. And then it looks like wall-to-wall carpeting. So I like my rugs six to 12 inches in front of the nightstands, and then I center that long part on the bed. Okay. So that if I were to cut the bed in half, half the rugs on one side, half the rugs on the other side. So that's your rug at the foot of the bed. And that should work nicely here as well. Now, I know you mentioned you have a dog, and I think you mentioned that the dog is a little bit naughty sometimes. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, yes. yes. And he doesn't even really go upstairs, but of course, when he does, you know, makes a mess. Yes, yes. So there's a couple options. Get rid of the dog. That doesn't sound like a good option. That does not sound like a good option. Or you could investigate potentially, even though this style might be a little modern for you, the floor tiles, F-L-O-R tiles. Yeah, and they have lots of different styles, colors, patterns, textures, but they work really well with naughty kids and naughty pets because you can pop one out. So say he marks his square while you just cut it out. You can even send it back to the company to have them recycle it, or you can throw it away, of course. Uh, But they do have a very environmentally friendly product, and they encourage recycling. It's quite affordable. Um, They're great to work with. I have a naughty pet. Um, He doesn't mark things anymore, thank goodness, but uh, that was, you know, always a possibility, and he vomits, so there you go. And I have naughty kids. Right. So I use floor tiles in my dining room okay. that's spill prone. I use it in the playroom where they have taken an entire bottle of bubble bath and spilled it all over the rug. Then I just cut out those four squares, send them back. And I always have extra squares in my closet. Okay. So if you're wondering what's in my closet, guys, well, you know, fuzzy carpet squares. But it's just a nice thing to buy a couple extra of in anticipation okay. of any issues. And then I just pop it out. All right. Do you stick it right to the floor? Or you no. Stick it? No. So Just... they come with these circular stickers that adhere to one another. So the wow. tiles stick to each other and they have a built-in rug pad so they don't move. Okay. But they do not actually adhere to the floor. Okay. And they don't leave any of that gritty residue that some rug pads or the bottom right. of rugs can leave. Very good. Yeah, and I've used them in lots of different spaces. I move to different spaces with my floor tiles. I cut them apart, and I reconfigure them in different rooms. I could even maybe do a light tone-on-tone or something like that. Yeah, or they have a great selection of solids. They even have some that are slightly shaggy, which I really love in a bedroom area, whereas, of course, I would not be in favor of that in your dining room. Uh, But in the bedroom, it's nice to really step onto something so soft. And so they have a series called Rake Me Over that I have in my playroom. It's just super fun to sit on. And then it's synthetic, so it doesn't shed, Uh which is also really great because a lot of those shag rugs or those fuzzy rugs tend to shed just like an extra pet. Right. Okay. That might be nice in the bedroom. I think that would look great. And they definitely have an 8 by 10 style. You can just plug in that number and they'll send that exact number of tiles and it takes no time at all to lay down and they have lots of video tutorials for you as well. Huh. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Floor, it's time to start sponsoring this podcast. (laughs) But Dorothy, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for everything. Thanks for being a premium member. Thanks for being a big fan. Uh, and you're going to be thanking me very soon for Up and Vanished. So keep in touch. I want to see after pictures. I plan on doing a follow-up episode 
um, with some of my recent premium members who okay. do their own episodes to find out what happened, what did you do, how did it work, how does it look now, um, how liberating was it to rip down that balance? I can't wait to hear. Okay, super. Thank you so much, Betsy. This was excellent. Of course, it was my pleasure. Empowered and moving on to um, action, action steps. I love that. Empowered to action was the goal. Yes. Guys, if you want your own episode, if you want me to solve all your design dilemmas in 20 minutes, become a premium member on our website, bigdesignsmallbudget.com, and then shoot me an email. Tell me, Betsy, I need my own episode, and I'll make that magic happen for you, just like I did for Dorothy. So Dorothy, thank you so much for joining us. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.